Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, July 20th, 2018. And on today's report, I will be talking about President Trump's recent conference with NATO member states where he took them to the woodshed for not paying their agreed amount for defense. I will also discuss the president's meeting with Russian leader Vladimir Putin in Helsinki, Finland on July 16th. The president seems to be operating on a different premise from his predecessors in regard to his dealing with NATO allies. His premise is perhaps best described as one of reciprocity. That is, the United States is no longer willing or able to underwrite the entire security of the West. The Western allies agreed as part of the NATO alliance to spend at least 2% of their GDP on defense, but of the 28 members, only the United States and now Turkey are actually doing it. After the fall of the Soviet Union, the Western nations started cutting their defense budgets to the bone, as did the United States. But they all agreed that even if they did not face the Soviet Union anymore, they would maintain the ability to resist armed attack. Article 3 of the treaty requires members not just to spend 2% of of GDP on defense, but to, quote, maintain and develop their individual and collective capacity to resist armed attack, end quote. The president talked straight to them about their failure to meet the terms of the treaty. He referred to them as, quote, delinquent allies and said they treated the United States like schmucks and America like a piggy bank. He demanded from them the treatment for the United States that they expect from the United States. In other words, he demanded reciprocity from them. Trump obviously has a problem with the Germans that goes far beyond what they spend on defense, which is almost nothing. He said to them, quote, now we see the Germans whom whom we are protecting from Russia, collaborating with Russia and deepening their dependence on Russian natural gas by jointly building their Nord Stream 2 pipeline under the Baltic Sea, end quote. He went on to state publicly, that other presidents have recognized these problems but didn't do anything about them. That's very unfair to the American people, he said. He's right about NATO. It is obsolete. As he mentioned during his campaign, NATO is an organization formed 69 years ago in the aftermath of the most destructive war in human history to defend Europe from an enemy that no longer exists. It was a reasonable fear then that the Soviet Union would enslave all of Europe, as it did Eastern Europe. And the Soviet Union did have expansionistic plans. That great Cold War enemy no longer exists. The Cold War is over, despite the Democratic Party's efforts to bring it back and keep it going. In light of those facts, if Europe wants to be defended against imaginary enemies, Europe can pay for that defense with its own blood and its own treasure. Trump's appearance at NATO was apparently quite a show. He paid no attention to their whining, whining about Hungary, about Italy, about their stance against migration from Africa and the Middle East. After his tirade started, non-members, Ukraine and Georgia, 
which were there to be considered for membership, were asked to leave the room. He simply laid bare to the world what NATO has been unwilling to face publicly, and that, it's de that is its decline, its non-existent enemies, its self-inflicted wounds, and the fact that without the United States, it is obsolete and non-existent. After the summit, <clears throat> he didn't stay for their parties and the usual smoozing. Stead flew off to Helsinki, Finland for a meeting with Russian leader Vladimir Putin. That's what made the Democratic Party go ballistic. They didn't go ballistic when John Kennedy picked up the phone and called Nikita Khrushchev in an effort to avert nuclear war, but now they have some skin in the game. Permit me for a moment to quote from Paul Craig Roberts' article of July 18th. Quote, the U.S. Democratic Party is determined to take the world to thermonuclear war rather than to admit that Hillary Clinton lost the presidential election fair and square. The Democratic Party was totally corrupted by the Clinton regime, and now it is totally insane. Leaders of the Democratic Party, such as Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, my former co-author in the New York Times, have responded in a non-democratic way to the first step President Trump has taken to reduce the extremely dangerous tensions with Russia that Clinton, George W. Bush, and Obama regimes created between the two superpowers, end quote. <clears throat> so the deep state is in another state now, one called a state of panic. Just before this meeting with Putin, Special Counsel Robert Mueller issued indictments for 12 Russian GRU agents who he apparently believes did something criminal regarding U.S. elections during the Obama administration. Trump raised the issue during his meeting with Putin. And at a news conference, Mr. Putin mentioned that. He pointed out that the U.S. and Russia have a treaty to cover such things. That treaty has been in place since 1999, he said. It's worked quite well. He said he will round up and question the Russian GRU agents involved and the U.S. agents, including Mr. Mueller, can attend the interview, submit questions to be asked of these people. In return, he said, Russia would request that it be afforded the same consideration. When a few U.S. men wanted for crimes in Russia escaped to the U.S. with a billion dollars acquired illegally in Russia, no taxes were paid in Russia or the U.S. on the billion dollars, and $400 million of that money was given to the Hillary Clinton campaign. That's what the man said, folks. That is a statement that could prove to be a turning point in human history. Mr. Putin didn't order these men to be hunted down and killed. Instead, he requested public hearings that could implicate many of the deep state actors currently and formerly on stage before us including those at the highest rank of the Obama administration. Why would John Brennan, former head of CIA, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer accuse President Trump of treason for meeting with the leader of another nation in an effort to find peace and ratchet back the wheels heading us toward war, I suppose. The evil corruption in Washington is part of the problem. And hopefully Mr. Putin's offer to conduct an investigation will help with that. One can readily see why those whose deeds were never expected to see the light of day 
are in a state of panic now. I can feel the slime oozing out from under the rocks in Washington. It seems that all the bluster of the deep state has backfired on them to accuse a completely innocent man of a capital crime just because you are guilty of one yourself is pretty low. My hope is that President Trump knows where all the pieces of this jigsaw puzzle are located. It can be put together so we can see the entire picture. Now, let me give you a few words from a speech given by President Eisenhower back in 1953. What is that, folks? 65 years? We all remember his farewell speech in 1961 in which he warned us to beware of the growing power and influence of the military-industrial complex and that if we failed to heed the warning, it would grow until those who feed from it would prefer war to peace. But now just listen for a moment to the 1953 words of this man, General of the Army and Supreme Allied Commander in Europe as well as President of the United States, Dwight Eisenhower, quote, Every gun that is made, every warship launched, every rocket fired signifies, in the final sense, a theft from those who hunger and are not fed, those who are cold and are not clothed, this world in arms is not spending money alone. It's spending the sweat of its laborers, the genius of its scientists, the hopes of its children. This is not a life at all in any true sense. Under the cloud of threatening war, it is humanity hanging from a cross of iron. God created men to enjoy, not destroy, the fruits of the earth and of their own toil. End quote. <clears throat> Finally, folks, we live in an age of corporate empire, not just the military-industrial complex either. I don't know which is worse, the corporations that directly own and control those in government or the media corporations, which assist them in their efforts. The media and its talking head shouts down all opposition, even shouts down and close off any speech in opposition to their chosen path. They conspire together to accumulate vast personal wealth. But that is not enough to satisfy them because then they must gain power, power to control others and to manipulate them to their will. I've actually started to believe that some of the nefarious deeds I have mentioned that we have all heard rumors of will see the light of day. My optimism meter is going up that perhaps... It will come to pass that the sleeping giant, that is the American people, will wake up filled with a terrible resolve. At least that's the way I see it, folks. Till next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.